Howdy Howdy from from Houston. Houston. I'm Kate. And I'm Hannah. And today we're wrapping up our faves. So Hannah's going to talk about her favorite podcast, and then we're going to both share our favorite dishes to cook and favorite coffee shops in Houston. Lastly, we'll get around to the ultimate question, what medical specialty are we currently thinking of pursuing? (laughs) Currently. Yeah. (laughs) Enjoy. What about you? What are you listening to? Uh, Well, as I mentioned before, when I heard about the Lifespan book, I was listening to the Huberman Lab podcast. Mm. So I know that the Huberman Lab has kind of been getting um, more and more popular. At least it feels that way. It might just be because I'm more plugged into the podcast, so I'm here. it feels like it's becoming more and more popular. But a um, little background on who uh, Dr. Huberman is. He's a professor of neurobiology and ophthalmology at Stanford's School of Medicine. Mm, wow, um, Harvard and Stanford. Harvard and Stanford. Only the best. <laughs> Only the best. Um, he's got over 20 years of experience doing research, and he's just a really down-to-earth guy. Um, little side note, he is often featured as a guest on other people's podcasts, and a lot of times he a lot of times he does talk about his you know research and stuff like that that he's done throughout the years but he also has some really cool stories about just getting through life and kind of what his childhood was like and how he overcame you know some serious challenges and struggles and just changed his life and pursued what he wanted to pursue so he's got a really cool life story that as is well cool. i so, didn't know that i'd yeah. like to listen to that makes him a really uh, relatable person, I think, in a lot of ways, because um, you know you might have not have the exact same story as him, but it's it's really cool to listen to people who've been through some struggles and have still found what they're passionate about and stuck with their dreams. You know, so mm-hmm. he's he's got a really cool just background in general. So anytime you see a podcast where it's featuring Dr. Andrew Huberman, give it a listen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on his particular podcast called Huberman Lab, um, pretty much any episode like you can't go wrong like every episode is super interesting um he mostly talks about uh neurobiology stuff um Mm -hmm. which especially right now that we're currently studying neurology in school i found his episodes particularly interesting um but he is just super fascinating guy talks about a lot of interesting stuff um the number one episode like the most listened to episode i think is probably the one that Oh, I mean, this would make sense that most people know him for and like why he's gained more popularity over the past year or so. Um, it's about dopamine. So a lot of people are like, oh, oh. dopamine, dopamine. You know, they're hearing a lot about dopamine. I mm-hmm. think he was kind of an instigator of that trend per se. Interesting. Um, so it's episode number 39 okay. called Controlling Your Dopamine for Motivation, Focus, and Satisfaction. So just like a quick little summary about it. He talks about how dopamine is rooted in expectation so if you're expecting something to happen and it doesn't happen your dopamine levels drop or how you receive you release dopamine when you are experiencing novelty new things which is why like scrolling through instagram releases dopamine releases dopamine because you're looking at something new something new something new something new you know so wow he talks about how dopamine works in your body and then also this like low dopamine epidemic basically that we as humans have created for ourselves by overindulging in a Mm. way like we we set ourselves up to 
over-release dopamine in a way. Or maybe, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but to... I mean, like, I could see that like with social, with social media, you're always having that hit of dopamine. And then right. when you don't have that, it's an absence of dopamine. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's lower than your baseline. Yeah, well, he talks about like how certain things bring you joy. And as you overexpose yourself to that, like let's say the first time you get an Instagram... You know, you look on it and you're like, this is so fun. What a fun little app. Look at all these videos. And then you find yourself spending, like maybe you spend one hour like looking on Instagram on one day. And then the next day you spend another hour. That hour does not give you as much joy as the hour the day before. Mm. And it just like continues that way. So instead of watching one hour, now you're watching two hours. Mm, Instead of watching two hours, now you're watching three. Yeah. And you get to a point where you just feel numb. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked a lot about how to kind of like hack your dopamine, but really it's just how to live a, a more productive, healthier mental life mm-hmm. um, to keep you motivated, to keep you focused, um, to keep you just in a state of like real true satisfaction, you know, instead of feeling like you're craving something and you're just missing it because you don't have dopamine. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. Like... Well, and also just, like, the automatic reaction to, like, open your phone and open up Instagram. Oh, yeah. Or mm-hmm. open up whatever other TikTok. Yeah. So, he talks a lot about, like, dopamine fasting. Yeah. So, you know, you hear people who take a break from Instagram for a week. And, and he talks about, you know, that how that is effective. But just how you can do that in other parts of your life. And how you can do... How you can have a healthy relationship with things that it's easier to slip into almost like a dopamine addiction. You know, like Instagram. Like, so how, how you can still have an Instagram and not have no dopamine. You yeah. know what I mean? So, really interesting episode. Definitely give it a listen. Um, he also talks about that particular episode in later episodes. So, if you want to just dive right into an interesting episode that you find on there, like, that's awesome too. But he might reference this one. Saying, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, my dopamine episode, blah, 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 blah. Um, so it's I really think I'm going to need to listen to that next. Yeah. The next podcast episode I listen to is going to be about dopamine. I think it, I think you should. Because I'm going to just like hack my body. Yeah. I just love doing that. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like when you're in a computer game and mm-hmm. you type in a code and yeah. you hack the game and you're like, ha I win, you lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I like doing that with my body. <laughs> Cheat codes for the human body. Yeah. Ha <laughs> 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 body, um, you didn't even think I could do that, but I just beat you. <laughs> So, great episode. I really enjoyed it. And it's made me enjoy his episodes that he comes out with later because it just builds upon that baseline knowledge. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. It's it's a really cool episode. And it just made... Like, that was the first episode I listened to. And it got me hooked on every other episode. Like, I I don't do this often, like, with podcasts. But I, I set up those little, like, new podcast notifications. Mm. And I'm like, oh, so excited. A new podcast came out. I'm going to go home and listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It reminds me of, like... Back when, back before streaming services took over for TV shows. And it's oh like, yeah, it's Tuesday night. Time to watch Lost or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I remember what well, shows. HBO still does that with like. Um, That's true. Like a couple of shows. Yeah, some shows which I like weekly. Yeah, yeah I like. That it's all about uh, not binging. You know, keeping your dopamine levels high. Well, and also <laughs> the anticipation. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Hey, that's a big part of dopamine. Yeah, it's like oh my god, I need that White Lotus when that I the first season I watched every Sunday mm-hmm. at nine p.m. That was the time. 9 p.m. Yep. <laughs> and all week I would wait for <laughs> to come out. Well, like, uh, something he talks about on the episode about dopamine, as an example, would be like, 
how low your dopamine levels would drop if say you were anticipating watching that episode you've been waiting a week it's 9 p.m you log into hbo and it's like oh just kidding it doesn't come out for a whole nother week and you're and the the level of dopamine just plummets because now it's something that you have been expecting and you've been mm. like building up this like preparation of a release of dopamine and you don't get to experience it and so now it's just like dropped he he definitely explains it in a <laughs> no, 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 no. That's really interesting. Just, like, I think you're explaining it, it well. Okay. I'm you. understanding it anyway. Okay. So. Simple terms for my simple brain. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that's, I would say that's the first episode I would recommend. And then from there, like, you don't need to go consecutively, like, hop around, find whatever episodes you find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's nice. Um, but in reference to the book that I was reading, or that I'm reading, Lifespan, mm-hmm. um, I first, like I said, I first heard it on uh, on the Huberman lab and so that episode if you wanted to kind of get locked in with that is episode 52 okay it's just Dr. David Sinclair as a guest on there so that's another good episode and then the last one um this is actually an episode I have not listened to yet Mm. but I have been wanting to listen to it it's kind of been on my like saved episodes and um, I'm excited to give it a listen. It's called, um, what alcohol does to your body, brain and health. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I listened to, I was watching a video for school. It was something about, you know, cork and bulb attract or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> on, on, on YouTube. And there was like a little ad, you know, before the video. And normally you can skip it after like five seconds. This was like a three minute ad. And it was just, it was a clip, like a video clip from this episode of the Huberman lab of Dr. Huberman talking about alcohol and how it affects your levels of stress. And I just, I, I watched the whole little three minute ad because I was just so sucked in. So he, in, in short, you know, I haven't listened to the episode yet, but this is the gist that I got was that if you drink alcohol on a regular basis, and it, the way he was describing a regular basis was, um, you know, anywhere from a couple of drinks a night to one drink a week. Mm. So quite the range in how frequently you're consuming alcohol, mm-hmm. but still on, on a regular basis per se, um, that your cortisol levels, your levels of stress are elevated. So your baseline levels of stress are elevated when you are not drinking. So... When you're going throughout your week, like let's say you only have a glass of wine on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, and during the week you you don't have wine. During the week when you're not drinking, your baseline cortisol levels are elevated. They're higher. And then when you have alcohol, those cortisol levels drop. And so you feel this lower level of stress even though you're not actually decreasing your stress to like a lower than normal level, you're kind of just decreasing it back to a normal baseline because during the, the regular week when you're not drinking, your levels are just higher and you just get used to having a higher level of stress. So you get used to just feeling stressed all the time and yeah. you think it's normal. You think it's normal. But like high cortisol has a really horrible effect on your body as we're learning more about it. <laughs> yeah, it's not just like a mental feeling of stress. It can affect you physically in so many ways. Mm-hmm. So and it can manifest as anxiety. That's a big one. If, yeah, uh, it anyone is. listening has anxiety. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe try dropping the alcohol. And yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, like, you know, you and me, Kate, like, we don't 
we're not like big drinkers, you know. We're very social. I used to be, but yeah, <laughs> we're not very, anymore. Yeah, very much just yeah. like a, a drink with friends if we like go to I don't know a nice restaurant or something, or yeah. like have a glass of wine with dinner when we're with family or something. Right. Like it's right. it's very very light. Like, and I'm still interested in seeing how just a light level of a little bit of alcohol affects me. Yeah. So I'm definitely interested. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe we'll do podcast episode review or something i don't know maybe we'll yeah. pull up some articles future episode talk about alcohol and how it affects your body i don't know yeah who knows something down the line but super fascinating really interested to see how it affects our bodies um because it is one of those things that i feel like people look at politics in a way you know they look at what's mm. legal and what's illegal and they're like oh well it's legal to drink at 21 and or in other countries you know 16 and right liquor at 18 so it must not be bad for me if i can have it at that age you know and, and so, there's no cutoff for how much liquor you can buy yeah or wine or mm-hmm. beer like yeah or white claws and i'm <laughs> and i'm not saying that you know a political solution is necessary but just that it definitely influences the way people view what they're consuming. Same thing with like yeah. when you go to the grocery store and you see something that has like an organic label, so you think it must be good for you. you right. Know? Yeah. It's it's just marketing. You know, it can really yeah. affect what you think is healthy. So yeah, interested to see how that one goes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I'm listening to. Cool. Well, that's really interesting, Hannah. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. Um, on to the next, mm-hmm. Kate. I think what it's, are some of your go-to meals? Yeah, right now? your favorite dishes. So, right now it's wintry. I'm pretending it's colder than it is. Though <laughs> most days, I mean, I don't know. There have been a few cold days here. Yeah. Um, so I've been making like some soups and mm. stews. Yeah. And I really love making these because, for the most part, you just like throw everything in a pot and let it cook for like an hour, and it's done. And mm-hmm. you have a big pot of soup or stew for like several days easy yeah it's easy it's delicious or you could freeze it you could freeze it and like enjoy it in a couple months yeah weeks (laughs) i'm not i won't judge you for how long something's been in the freezer (laughs) yeah um well my favorite recently was chicken soup and i didn't follow a recipe actually usually i don't follow recipes i just kind of throw in what i think will be good together Mm mm-hmm with um you know salt pepper some spices herbs mm-hmm. and um usually it's pretty good sometimes it's not as good but it's definitely a learning experience yeah so this time for my chicken soup i seared two chicken breasts and threw them in um after i had already cooked down some onions um onion celery and carrots mm. so once that was like a little broken down aromatic threw the chicken in yeah threw in some herbs some um salt, pepper, and chicken broth. Mm. And I let that cook for like 45 minutes. So easy. And then I shred the chicken and I dumped it back in for like 10 minutes. Wow, that sounds so good. And I have chicken soup for like half a week. Or no, maybe a week if I eat it once a day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, and you can add rice to it. You can add noodles yeah, to it. Make chicken rice soup. Chicken noodle soup. Yeah. So that's been something I've been really, really enjoying. And like if you want a vegetable on the side, you can mm-hmm. like... Last night, I just, like, roasted up some broccoli. That took, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. I definitely think that's a, a scarier part of cooking for people who maybe don't like to cook. It's just the time that it takes. Yeah. So, 
Once you start getting in the habit of it, though, it, it, it's quicker and easier. Yeah, well, and this technically does take a long time. Like, I have to be in my apartment for it. Mm. But it's nice because once I throw everything in the pot, I can go back and, like, do some studying or yeah. do some other... Yeah, like, just, if you're already going to be at the house. Yeah, just do some other things I need to get done mm-hmm. while it's cooking. And then I don't have to cook for, like, at least a few days, Easy. you know? So that's been really nice, just having to cook, like, a couple times a week. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, well, on a similar note of just wanting easier dishes, um, definitely feel like lately I've been a little more, um, crunched for time in a way. Mm. So I've def- I've kind of gone back to my go-tos with like easy things. I know how to whip it up really fast. I'm not necessarily trying to do something totally brand new, you know? Yeah. Um, but thinking about it, like I, I looked kind of at the methods that I like to use for cooking specifically like vegetables and meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and just over the years, just kind of realizing like, Oh wow, I've learned a lot of different techniques for cooking chicken breasts for cooking beef, whether that's ground beef or steak or, you know, what meatballs, you know? Yeah. And, um, and how, I can think back to like when I was first learning how to kind of cook on my own. You know, I learned how to cook growing up and, and with my family, you know, I've always, you're in charge of something for dinner. It's like, okay, this is your job. You're going to cook the green beans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had basic cooking skills, but that's a different skill set than preparing regular meals for yourself as yeah. an independent, you know? Yeah. So when I was first kind of learning how to do that, I was like, I don't know how long a chicken breast goes in the oven. <laughs> like, um, no does idea. it go in the oven? I don't know. <laughs> you know. So figuring out kind of what the right temperatures are for things, what the right times are for things, like that has, that was a, like a realization for me recently. It's like, oh wow, over the years I've actually learned some like easy go-to things. So like yeah. I know how long to put something in the oven. I don't have to look up a recipe. But even if you do, like that's it really doesn't take that long. You're mm-hmm. like, oh I can't remember. Should my chicken go in at 350, 375? Uh, does it make a difference if I'm cooking in a cast iron or yeah. a glass dish, you know? Yeah. And so I have a couple of just favorite methods of how to cook my different meats. My go-to meats are and this is kind of the thing too. Whenever I go to the grocery store, um picking out what I want for the week, I always try to get enough vegetables for the week and enough protein for the week. And mm-hmm. then I kind of just supplement with some of the other things. If I want like a little fruit or if I'm looking for, you know, another type of side dish, like maybe a little potato or something like that. Mm, yeah. Um, but I, my vegetables and my proteins are kind of, I kind of rotate through my staples, you know? Yeah. So my staples are usually as far as vegetables go, I kind of rotate between broccoli, cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and, Oh, and green beans. Those are kind of my go-to's, you know, and Mm -hmm. my favorite ways to cook them are just in the cast iron with Mm -hmm. some butter or on a baking sheet roasted in the oven. Those are kind of my go-to's, but it's also super easy to steam them and quick, you know, especially last week when I was just like really feeling overwhelmed to make a quick meal, I just threw a bunch of veggies in. We have like a little steamer pot that goes in the microwave, and it took like three minutes. Yeah, boom. That's so. It's so easy to use. Yeah, get so yourself nice. a steamer pot. It's yeah, great. Yeah, <laughs> you just throw veggies in, throw a little water in, stick it in the microwave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so to easy to clean. Yeah, so easy. Yeah. yeah, definitely get yourself one of those. Ours is a pamper chef. <laughs> <laughs> and then with meat, like I was saying, just like have some go tos of easy meat to cook like ground beef so easy you just mm-hmm. throw it in the cast iron uh, or or whatever kind of um saucepan you want to use yeah um, and you'll have leftovers like that's a, yeah. that's another thing is 
it's so nice to make enough if you're just cooking for yourself it's nice to make like two or three servings that Mm -hmm. way like you don't have to cook every single day because when I get into the habit of cooking every single day it's because sometimes I'll make two servings in the evening. And so right. I'll eat one for dinner and one for lunch the next day. But then the next evening comes around and it's mm-hmm. like... I have to cook again. Yeah. And then yeah. cooking feels like a chore rather than something fun and like a time to get creative. So... Right. I always definitely also like to have something in the freezer. Oh, um, yeah. So that makes for quick and easy meals. Like some of my favorites that I have right now are these Amy Lou. That's the brand. Amy Lou uh, meatballs. Mm. And then Amy Lou sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Amy Lou brand. They are really clear about the ingredients that they have in there. It's usually a really short list. Um, they're just a healthier brand, I feel like. So if you're going to yeah. go toward the direction of having a more prepped meal, like a prepackaged kind of thing, like definitely just read the ingredients. Just see what's in there. Yeah. If you're going to go that direction, like it's always, it, it's always better, I would say, to cook fresh, you know? Yeah. And know exactly what you're putting into your food so you know exactly what you're putting into your body. Right. But sometimes time, yeah, Yeah. which we get. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And like just about reading ingredients, a lot of the time people will put things, not people, companies put things in food Mm -hmm. that like you're like, what? Why is that in there? I can't pronounce that word. Right. So you can't pronounce it. Probably shouldn't eat it. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, just a little note on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been going toward lately is just some of my classics, you know, I like to have a veggie and a meat and then that's usually enough for me for a meal. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I like to have something sweet at least once a day. (laughs) (laughs) So my go-tos for, for sweet treats are, um, usually like a little piece of chocolate. That's kind of my, my go-to or, you know, sometimes go a little bigger, grab a couple cookies, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah. Um, cookies are always good. Hey, your grandma has cookies on the table all the time. I've heard. Yes, she does. So cookies, I don't know. That could be something. Yeah. I, I think we should, we should just make a clear statement about that. My grandma is 95 years old. Yeah. And if you were to ask her, what the what the way is the secret you know to growing old she would say have cookies with every meal she has (laughs) she has cookies at breakfast lunch and dinner yeah i love this snack time yeah 3 p.m i think yeah (laughs) i mean i think i need to adopt this lifestyle i said this before when you first told this to me but then i haven't really put as much effort into adopting this lifestyle Uh, yeah, it's always fun visiting grandma because <laughs> cookies all the time. <laughs> oh, yum. Um, but yeah, I love having like a little piece of chocolate because I definitely have a sweet tooth to kind of just satisfy that craving and also just finding other ways to satisfy that sweet craving without overindulging on sweetness. Mm. So I find a really rich piece of dark chocolate, which is nice and small. It's not like a huge snack. It's just a tiny little thing. Really satisfies that craving for yeah. me. So... Uh, or, like, fruit yeah. can fruit, also do that. Yeah, fruit's easy, too. Yeah. Yeah, my go-to's for chocolate, though. Um, actually, Kate, you introduced me the, to these chocolate bars. Well, you... I saw you eating them more. I'd seen them before. And I was like, oh, those look really good. I should try them. And I think I tried them once, like, with my sister-in-law. She she likes them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once you started buying them, I was like, all right, these got to be, like, more of a staple. But they're yeah. the Hue? Who? 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 H-U. H-U. Yeah. Chocolate bars. They're a little pricey. To be fair. But, but you makes, just need a little bit yeah, in order to be satisfied. It also makes you, I feel like, just from an economic perspective, kind of like what I was saying about my little Nespresso latte. Yeah. Like, I enjoy the piece more 
deliberately. Yeah, me too. I eat it with more of like my senses involved, you know, right. really, really trying to taste it, smell it, feel the way, like feel the texture in my mouth. You know, like I'm, I'm really trying to enjoy the piece. Right. Not just like eat a whole bag of chocolate chips, which yeah. I could do. Uh, me too. Or like <laughs> eat a whole chocolate bar. Yeah. You know, it's like when it's a little pricier and you're like, oh, I'm not going to just go buy a few of these every time I'm at the grocery store. It's right. like, I'm going to get one this time and like use it as a treat and then maybe not the next time I go, but the time after, I'll get another one. Yeah. You know? And so you want to make it last, and you want to enjoy it and savor it. And, mm-hmm. like, doing that makes the chocolate, like, taste so much better. Yeah. And I think it just, it fosters a better relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Appreciating it rather than gobbling it down. Right. Because food is not just supposed to be plain fuel. Like, there's a reason why we as humans have taste buds. You yeah. Know? We're supposed if to it was, enjoy it. If it was just supposed to be fuel, we could eat through our ears or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to taste it. Yeah. Well, taste buds are probably also for poison. <laughs> <laughs> but right okay, now. Okay. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, all my taste buds are burned off from my element hot chocolate. Element hot chocolate. <laughs> Okay, Oops. we're wrapping it up here. Anyway, yeah. Um, Kate, why don't you share what your favorite coffee shop is right now? So right now, I would actually have to say um, my favorite coffee shop in Houston is... Yes, in Houston. Yeah, is it's called like Agnes Cafe and Provisions. Okay. So I went the other day with my friend. I actually, the first time I went was when I moved to Houston. I went with my mom. And it was like a much more casual, or it felt like a much more casual, like... Food, cafe, yeah, they have alcohol there too. Um, but we went like midweek in the morning or something before we got started with all the moving shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And so I, at the time, I was like, oh, well, this is a great place to come and study. Well, I went the other day in the evening, and turns out it's a full cafe place. <laughs> so napkins and all. <laughs> yeah, but they do have like a like order at the coffee bar mm-hmm. section, and they have like a little section of like local items you can buy like honey and like mm-hmm. you know all that kind of weird stuff weird weird in a good way like cool yeah. things you can you buy a little yeah so I really like that part of it I also even though I was just there to study like it was a great the the table was big mm-hmm. there was a booth yeah um it was the coffee was good I really liked the atmosphere Excellent. and I also really loved that it was below a plastic surgery clinic mm, interesting yeah, which for me personally, I really like to see end products of what I want. So what, something that I would really love in a future practice is to have something like Agnes literally downstairs, mm-hmm. right below my practice. That would be a dream. And yeah, so to go... future visualization. <laughs> exactly. And to go sit in a cafe like that really motivates me to study more and to learn this better so that I can be a better doctor so I can have better opportunities to get what I want rather than oh I didn't study very hard so I'm kind of stuck with this option you know what I mean so I like it for a lot of different reasons a lot of reasons yeah what about you it sounds like a really cute place yeah we'll have to go too Yeah. yeah Um, my favorite is actually a very new, newly discovered shop for me. Um, Mm. I've only been once, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I'm saying it right. It's called Too Sweet. Too Sweet. I don't think you say the T though. I think you say Too Sweet because it's like French. I know, but like, I think you say the T. I think, I think the whole idea is it's supposed to be like Too Sweet. Like it, oh, it's Too Sweet. Like T-O-O-S-W-E-E-T. 
but it's spelled yeah. T-O-U-T-S-U-I-T-E. Well, from my eighth grade French, I'm pretty sure. You say the sweet. sweet. Too yeah. sweet? All right. Well, but I could be wrong. Fair enough. I didn't take French, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to, how to pronounce But I could French see words. how it, like, too sweet. Like, yeah. I feel words. like that's, yeah. if you say the T or not, like, that's the, that's the play on words they're going for. Yeah. You know. So, anyway. Anyway. It definitely <laughs> seems like a place designed for getting work done. Oh, cool. Um, like I'll have, have to check it out. Yeah. They've got, like, big tables, a lot of outlets. Um... The music wasn't, like, like lyrical music. It was very lo-fi, vibey kind of music. So not too distracting if you didn't bring headphones or something. I did bring headphones, which was helpful. But mm-hmm. um, pretty spacious. So even when there were a lot of people there, it like, you didn't feel like you were crammed. Which I feel like is easy to happen in a coffee shop. Because a lot of times coffee shops are a little closer-knit. You're going for that cozy vibe. Yeah. You know? So this is definitely spread out. You felt like you had your own space. Um the coffee was good. They had um, a number of little treats there that were tasty. Um, the only thing is the Wi-Fi. I get a little frustrated with coffee shops that do this, um, which, you know, I don't know. Do what you got to do to keep your business going. But yeah. um, I don't normally get a receipt when I go to a coffee shop. Like if I go oh. and pay for myself, I'm like, oh, no receipt. It was a $3 coffee. Like, yeah. Whatever. But your receipt, you have to, like, to, to use the Wi-Fi, you need to have your receipt. And there's, like, a certain code on there. Yeah. So, print your receipt is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But There's another place. Um, another place does that, too. Yeah. Black Hole uh, does that. Yeah. yeah. I do like Black Hole, too. Yeah. Um, and what I like about Toot Sweet, Too Sweet, Toot Sweet, whatever. Toot what I like toot. about it, <laughs> this cute little coffee shop, um, is they're open late. They're open until usually, I think, 11. Oh, wow. Um, so for someone like me, who's a little bit more of a late night study person, I like to kind of study up until the later hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a place where I can not just be in my room, you know, and I can yeah. still get some stuff done. And I, I feel like I can go and set up shop for a couple hours and be pretty productive. And yeah, so good food, uh, good coffee, good company. It was a great place. Enjoyed good. It. Yeah. Good. Well, I guess now we're on the last question. Final question. Kate, right now, right now, I want to be, okay, so, to preface, (laughs) (laughs) what do you want to be when you grow up, Kate? (laughs) To preface, I follow this um, girl, lady, woman, sorry, not girl, Mm -hmm. a lady, a woman, she, um, I follow her on Instagram, she does it all, she is a mom of two, Mm -hmm. had her second baby last fall. She spoke at that event, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she has a homestead, and she's a surgeon, Man, she and she has a husband. Uh, well, yeah, she has a husband because that's who she's having these babies. <laughs> but not everyone, you know, not everyone has that. So just thought I'd mention. Yeah, full blown family. You know, yeah, gets to travel for homestead. That really blows my mind. Yeah, she she. Position. It's winter right now, January, and she's living on what she grew over the summer, and like. That's amazing. And she got, like, 15 chickens at the farmer's market last summer and is living on, like, those and, like, meat from down the road mm-hmm. and things like that, which is, like, something I would really love to do. Maybe not, like, garden myself because I don't know if I want to do that, but, like, everything local mm-hmm. would be ideal. Um, and what kind of doctor is she? And she is an oculoplastic surgeon. So mm-hmm. I've actually kind of been interested in that a little bit recently right because um she also gets to do since she so since she's oculoplastics that means like 
surgery around your eye. Mm -hmm. Um, and so she gets to do a lot of cosmetic surgery Mm -hmm. and a lot of surgery from like disease and trauma. Mm -hmm. So she gets the whole range, which is really cool to see. And if like I was interested in like one path over another, like I could take a little more of a cosmetic route or I could take a little more of a trauma slash injury or slash um, disease route. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you have a tumor around there, you know, you, you, right. who comes in and fixes that? Like, that's probably the surgeon who would do that. Right. And I feel like it's not, it's, it's easy to say that, you know, if you have a tumor there or something, it's like, oh, we'll just get it removed and make it healthy or whatever. But yeah, it, it's your, this is your face, you know, it's how you're yeah. presenting yourself to the world. And, and it's really great when you have a, a skilled artistic surgeon yeah. who can perform that surgery really well and let you have as close to what you feel like your face is mm-hmm. after the surgery, you know? Right. And like also in addition to that, like what we're learning about in neuro right now, mm-hmm. there's so many teeny tiny little nerve fibers yeah. that if they get damaged, like, I mean, like you could have some pretty significant consequences yeah. From just, like, small little tears. Well, I think about, like, how how much I feel like... If I have a zit on my face, you know, and it's a tiny little zit. Yeah. I feel like everybody's looking at it. You yeah. Know? It's like, yeah, oh, my gosh, true. everybody can see the zit on my face. You know, and how how much more heavy it is and impactful it is if you have, like, a slight, like, eye droop or something. And having to, like, yeah. rebuild some of your confidence in how you look. And, and. I don't know. You, you can de- we can definitely dive into the psychology of that and just, you know, loving yourself and loving what you look like and embracing this gift of a body that you've been given. Yeah. But, but it's it's really nice if you if you have the opportunity to have somebody do that very well and yeah. have the skill to do that and try and give you as normal of a presentation like a presenting face as they can. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's a really powerful skill. Yeah. So yeah, not one I've mentioned in my whole, like, switching I know, this is 30 actually, million this times. Is <laughs> but, yeah, but I just, like, have been thinking about that kind of in the back of my head. And, like, mm-hmm. if she can do it all, then I can do it all. We're both humans, so. Yeah. That's how, that's both what I Both humans. Do. So, she's a human who's doing that, so I'm human. So, oculoplastics is the current interest? Yeah, for, for the record. For the record, oculoplastics. All right, we'll check back in in four months. Ah, probably going to change. <laughs> And I was like, wasn't it, uh, like, two days ago you were saying psychiatry? <laughs> like, yeah. A couple weeks before that. But, like, this is, like, child a Child seri- oncology. Yeah. But child pedi- a child orthopedic. Oh, child orthopedic. Which is also, right? like, a pretty close second. Mm. Mm. Neat. Psychiatry is still on there. <laughs> there you go. You've got a running list. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Hannah? Well, to wrap it up, um, <laughs> mine hasn't really changed. I've definitely found other specialties interesting Mm -hmm. and done more looking into those. But I'd say still at the top of my list um, would be orthopedics is the most interesting to me. Not not just the most interesting, but the the one that so far, like when we've gone through in in our very early stages of med school, I'm recognizing that, you know, but going through anatomy and learning about all the different systems, most interesting to me 
the one that clicked the most. You know, it felt like I read it once and I understood it. Whereas mm. maybe more endocrinology stuff, I was like, okay, wait, hold on, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's being released? Where? Acting on And what? why? <laughs> yeah. Why are we doing this? What is aldosterone? You know? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, MSK, and maybe, maybe it's because I said, you know, I have a simple lizard brain and it just makes the most sense because things things bend this way and that makes sense because it's a hinge here or whatever you know yeah. look at your joints well mechanical engineering is right like, having a little know, bit of background sense. with that helps um but i will say within the world of orthopedics i had more of like a general interest in it and wasn't sure specifically what i maybe wanted to do but over the past month or so i've really been interested in um more like trauma related um like amputations and recovery from amputations and the rehab that goes with it so maybe alongside orthopedics i would also say like pmnr physical medicine rehabilitation yeah Um, because i know they do a lot of work with um like recovery following an amputation but i i do love the idea of like kind of similar to the oculoplastics idea that i mentioned of just when something, when a surgery needs to happen for a person, having the skill to do it really, really well. Like if yeah. somebody has to have their leg amputated, like yeah. I, I want to be able to, if I were the surgeon performing that, I would want to be able to do it in the best possible way to give them the most mobility, the most functionality with it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so that part of it is really appealing to me. Um, uh, but I also am interested in the recovery part afterward. So we've got, um, kind of a cool project that we'll be working on over this next semester uh, oh, yeah. we're doing some more research and that's that's an area uh, where I will be like reviewing um, articles and research and stuff like that so I'll definitely dive a little bit deeper into it so for the that's for the record exciting. for the record right now I would say orthopedics specifically trauma slash amputation I don't know if that's an option but I'm gonna say that no I think it is okay I think like there's surgeons who focus on amputations yeah so there you have it I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll probably do another podcast episode, similar format, in four or five months or so, especially seeing where where our interests lie with the medical specialties. Could be kind of interesting to see how that changes or maybe just stays the same over the next four years. If you like this episode, let us know. or if you didn't like it, you can also let us know. You can email us at Howdy from Houston, all one word, just the title of the show, Howdy from Houston at gmail.com. And we would really, really love if you left us a rating on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. And if you wanted to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well, we would really, really appreciate that. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye.